You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. It's Monday, October 22nd. Penn State is now 5-2, and two. got their first win in nearly a month. Got off the schneid, beat Indiana only by five points. Not the best win in the world, but it was a win. So, have a second brief. A sigh of relief there. Now five and two, two and two in the Big Ten. Uh, Penn State did move up one spot to number 17 in the rankings. They will face number 18 Iowa this weekend, which starts a stretch against three teams. Currently in the top 25 as well, they're facing Wisconsin, or excuse me, Michigan on November 3rd, and then Wisconsin on November 10th. Going to be a tough stretch here for Penn State. I don't know if it will define the season, because maybe the losses to Ohio State and Michigan State have already done that, but it is a stretch that will, at the very least, define the second half of Penn State's season. So we'll talk a lot about that this week, the Iowa game and this stretch in particular. Uh, but today's show is going to be focused. It will be our Monday Rewind. We're going to have three segments breaking down Saturday's win over the Hoosiers in Indiana. Right away, uh, coming up first here, we'll have what we saw, just a breakdown of the 60 minutes of football between Penn State and Indiana. We'll also have what we heard, some uh, post-game press conference comments from James Franklin and some Penn State players. And we'll also have what it means, taking a broad look about what this game against Indiana means uh, in the long term for Penn State as a program. So that is our Monday Rewind. We will get more into the Iowa game and Penn State tough stretch uh, a little bit later in the week. So be on the lookout for those shows. But today is solely about Penn State and Indiana. So let's get into it here. So what we saw on Saturday, we saw Penn State do enough to get a win, but only do just enough to get a win. It was a win, and that is nice, and that is a lot better, obviously, than a loss, and getting any conference win on the road is good, even if it's against Indiana and only comes by five points. And it wasn't, but it wasn't the kind of really reassuring performance that I think many fans had hoped for and maybe players in the locker room had hoped for coming off two two hugely disappointing losses against better teams. It was underwhelming. It still produced that anxiety and that thought in the back of your head that, oh, they might blow this one too. And like that's that's kind of that was back there. It wasn't as prevalent as it was against Ohio State and Michigan State, but it was still there uh, because of the history and because of this team's just seemingly inability to put these games away in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was also not not really as entertaining as, as some of the Penn State wins and the Penn State performances that we've got to know in the last couple years. Um, Penn State had a few really nice plays on offense that worked out. They looked great on that opening drive. The Tommy Stevens package worked uh, worked in the second quarter really nicely. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor had a huge kick return that, that basically you know, went 94 yards and set up a touchdown. It was awesome, but... There were too many other plays that weren't super entertaining. There weren't still weren't that many uh, shots and completions down the field. The defense was on the, the field for long chunks of time and giving up big chunks of yardage to Indiana. 
so it was uh it was it it, it wasn't a the ideal win for penn state um and, and right away it looked like it was going to be they marched down the field on the first drive they got a great kickoff return from kj hamler trace looked good in the first drive miles sanders looked good in the first drive and it was seven nothing penn state two minutes into the game and then you're thinking okay they're in this road environment where maybe you expected them to sleepwalk in a little bit. It, it can be a slow start because you're playing at Indiana, a tougher opponent to get up for after playing Ohio State and Michigan State and having Iowa and Michigan coming up on the schedule. So, you know, had those trap game elements, but you couldn't have scripted a better start than what they did by getting up 7 nothing with two minutes in. And then they give it back pretty much immediately. They end up trailing for a while in the first and second quarter, and it was – they just kind of looked lousy at different times in the game and in all three areas on defense. The defense wasn't, I mean, it just wasn't as good as it was uh, in those early in the first half and first three quarters against Michigan state and Ohio state. It gave up, they gave up 554 yards to Indiana, 554 yards to at best an average offense. Uh, sure. Like Indiana used, two different quarterbacks. I don't know if that tripped Penn State up, if maybe they weren't game planning for that. Uh, but the Hoosiers were able to run. They ran 100 plays. They kept the ball for 34 minutes. And they had they, they, they got these 554 yards, and they weren't getting them in huge chunks either. It was just they kept moving the chains. They kept Penn State's defense on the field. They converted a lot of third and fourth downs. Penn State was just not able to get off the field against a not-great offense. And they were giving up five yards a carry to Indiana, and it just... They weren't getting the stops they needed. They weren't pressuring whatever quarterback was in the game was not getting pressured a ton. They weren't forcing the issue there. They weren't loading the box well when when the run was on. They were giving up like the front seven to not do its job of containing the run and forcing Indiana to throw the ball down the field. Uh, and it just doesn't bode well for a team that has to play Michigan and Wisconsin, who are two very good teams with very good offensive lines who can push you around and have, well, at least Michigan has a better quarterback. And Iowa, Iowa is a good passing game with Nate Stanley, and they also have a solid offensive line. It doesn't bode well for these next three games in, the, in this tough stretch of Penn State if the defense is going to look like that. Uh, Shaka Tony, to his credit, did have four sacks. It all came in the fourth quarter, which is crazy. So he had a he- heck of a game, and uh, but still, it wasn't, it kind of was like this whole performance like the whole team for Penn State, it was enough to win, but it wasn't It wasn't what you would hope to see. Uh, on special teams, they were really sloppy a lot. It was a windy day in Indiana, very blustery, very windy. And also the sun was out a lot, and that made kick returns and punt returns especially hard uh, early, in, at least in the first half. And uh, But there were, they muffed a few punts. They, they bobbled some kicks. Uh, KJ Hamler, the one that luckily bounced right back to him, there were, and then they didn't properly secure an onside kick, though they called a timeout when they did get the first one. It was so many mistakes in special teams, uh, just from fielding the ball. They also had an extra point block blocked. Jake Pinniger was keeping the ball low on extra points all day. Uh, it seemed an effort to, you know, if, if you get it up high, it could swirl. The wind was swirling a little bit, so I get it, but he's kept, kept him low all day. And finally on his last or next to last one, he got one blocked. Blake Gillikin. Did not have a good day punting the ball, really shanked one, and let Indiana have some good field position. So special teams was not very crisp, and, and 
put together, albeit on, on a day where conditions were really bad, they just did not play that well. And they, it, it almost, it could have cost Penn State more than it did, uh, especially on those those muff punt and uh, missed onside kick opportunities. So Penn State's first year special teams coordinator, Phil, Phil Gaiano, Galano? Galano, uh, his unit did not have a great day and they have a lot of holes to fill because if you repeat these problems against Iowa, Michigan, and Wisconsin, that could certainly swing it from a win to a loss. So they have a lot to clean up on special teams. And uh, the offense maybe didn't have as much problems as everyone else, but they just cannot put games away when they have the football in the fourth quarter. It is crazy to watch the most frustrating part of this game was watching them throw the ball three times with four minutes left in the fourth quarter and having a 29-second drive on three plays when they needed to get some time off the clock. They completed one of those passes, to their credit, a zero-yard completion to Miles Sanders, and uh, so they forced Indiana to use one timeout there, but it is crazy to me. Like it just seems it is like the basic, basic football <laughs> play calling is you. Yes. Even if they know a run is coming, even if you get stopped, even if you get negative two yards, that is better than an incomplete pass by so much. And it's so obvious. And it, it it's just so frustrating to watch that happen. Uh, James Franklin had a comment about this. We'll get to it in the next segment, but just watching this team play with the lead in the fourth quarter, it's it's awful. It is so difficult to watch because it feels like they're not they're not themselves and they're also not <laughs> they were not themselves and they were also a team who was not smart. Like I don't know what that leaves them as, but it was so tough to watch. They also and I, I noticed this a little bit in the Ohio State game, and maybe at some of the Michigan State too, they they aren't running the play clock all the way down when, when they have a lead, when they have the ball in the fourth quarter, like they're still snapping it with 16, 17 seconds left on the play clock, which doesn't make any sense to me either. So I don't understand their clock management and their play calling in the fourth quarter. And if they can't figure out how to put games away, either by the, like their four minute offense packages have been just horrible throughout the last three weeks and uh they almost they they let indiana stick around by not not even moving the ball and not trying to to take any time off the clock in the fourth quarter with the ball and that is uh again that if if they do lose games to iowa and wisconsin and and michigan this these these are the things that could lose you games and uh, they didn't on saturday but that's why it's that's why it was still kind of a frustrating watch uh, in uh in bloomington as I mentioned earlier, the, the Tommy Stevens package did look good, and uh, Trace had a lot of yards uh, passing and on the ground, but it wasn't his best day. He didn't have a, a passing touchdown for the first time in a while, but he did rush for 107 yards and two touchdowns. He actually, I mean, he, he had 19 attempts, and Miles Sanders only had 15, so I think a lot of people would have liked Penn State to run the ball a little bit more, uh, especially with Miles Sanders, but uh, that's, that's the game plan they had, and... Uh, it was just enough to win. That's kind of what Penn State did. Just enough to win on Saturday. So that's what we saw. Um, we saw on Saturday. It is a, it's a performance that probably won't get the job in the next three weeks. So uh, I think we'll learn a lot about Penn State uh, in, the, in, in the weeks coming up, at least on the field. So we'll see what changes they make over the course of this week and uh, into next week's game against Iowa. 
All right, we have to step away for a quick break, but when we come back, we'll have some of what we heard after Penn State's win over Indiana on Saturday. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lines. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lions. We're moving on in our Monday Rewind show uh, with our What We Heard segment. Some of the quotes that stuck out to me after Penn State's 33-28 win over Indiana and Bloomington on Saturday. So James Franklin did talk about his uh, his offensive his offenses struggles in the fourth quarter. Here's what he said about why they threw the ball three times uh, in a row with a lead. And uh, with a lead, with a with a two score lead, and uh, with only four minutes left in the game, he said, "Quote: A few weeks before, four minute offense, we run the ball multiple times and don't get a first down. This situation didn't work either." End quote. So, kind of going back on, I guess I think this is in reference to the Michigan State game where they ran the ball and they didn't they didn't move the chains and they punted, or maybe this is even Ohio State game. Either way, um, but. The thing is, they <laughs> they at least would make the other team use timeouts. So it's still it's 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 a flawed explanation from James Franklin. Uh, something that they certainly have to get better at. And also, he um, Franklin admitted that this was one of the windiest games or the windiest game he ever coached in. So throwing the ball was more difficult, which which makes it even more kind of head scratching. Uh, here, here's his comment on the windies. This is what he told. Uh, go PSU Sports after the game. Uh, just kind of an overview of the game and including the wind. Yeah, probably the windiest game I've played in in my in my uh, 23 year career doing this. Uh, really ha- proud of our guys. We battled. Got to give Indiana credit. They kept fighting back no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstances were. They found a way to kind of keep battling back. We obviously got to get some things to get cleaned up, but happy to get a win on the road. So that's James Franklin after Saturday's game. They do have some questions to answer and, and some things to to improve on, especially the offense. The, the four-minute offense has just been one of the worst parts about this team uh, this season. So that's something they de- desperately need to get cleaned up, especially if, if they have leads in the next couple weeks, close leads, and need to put games away. Uh, some other comments that stuck out to me were uh, from Jonathan Thomas. He was uh, He's a fifth-year running back. He had that 94-yard kick return, which – really looked like a touchdown. He stepped out at the five and it was close. I think if they would have ruled it, a touchdown on the field that it would have stood. Cause like, it was like one of those where his foot was like right on that white line maybe, but even if there's one bladed grass in there, it's still a touchdown. So I don't know if it, if there was enough video evidence to overturn it, if they would have called a touchdown, it would have been nice if they would have done it that way. But either way, they called him out at the five and Penn State went and scored a few plays later. Uh, but Thomas, who is he's a, he's a running back, but he's not really in the running back rotation. He's kind of been a special teams guy his whole time at Penn State. This was certainly the biggest highlight of his career. So, uh, really cool moment for him. And uh, here's what he had to say after the game. This was to Audrey Snyder of the Athletic. He said, "Quote: It's a testament to them not giving up on me and not give, and me not giving up on myself. I've learned how to be patient, and how to preserve through these five years, and they haven't been the easiest." Thomas said. He also. Uh, him and KJ Hamler are both kind of back there. 
he's usually the, the closest the blocker to KJ, and it's designed for, for Hamler to usually get the ball. Uh, but the kick went in his direction, so uh, Thomas was able to take this one back. He said, again, this is Audrey Snyder, the athletic. He said, quote, it was in my hands, so I just made the most of the opportunity, end quote. He absolutely did. Uh, Jonathan Thomas was one of the coolest moments of Penn State's game and, and one of the b- biggest highlights for the Nittany Lions there Saturday in Indiana. So great for him and uh, a memory he'll remember. A memory he'll remember? A play he'll remember for a long time. Uh, Jonathan Thomas there. So that's what we heard. We have to step away for another quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, assess what the game at Indiana means for Penn State moving forward. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Welcome back to the show. We're wrapping up today's Monday Rewind with what it means, a look at the a broad view of this game for Penn State and the team moving forward. So what Penn State's five-point win in Indiana means, it to me, it means we still don't really know what this team is. Uh, Penn State looked pretty good at times on Saturday, but more often than not, they looked like a team that was better than Indiana, but a far cry from a top 10 college football playoff contender. Uh, This game wasn't all that entertaining, and it leaves fans with an unsettling feeling ahead of a really, really tough three-game stretch that could go very poorly. I tweeted something after the game. This team feels after that game, and I guess pretty much after the last two and a quarter, nine quarters of football, feels like it could be a 7-5 and or an 8-4 and team. We don't exactly know what Penn State team is going to show up next week. Maybe get another ranked opponent. You're back at home, third ranked ranked opponent at home, and you can figure it out for 60 minutes on both sides of the ball. They could certainly win that game if Penn State plays well, like they have at times this year. It can definitely they could win their next three games. They they could do that. I think it's possible. The Michigan game is going to be really tough, but I think Penn State at its best. Uh, with a few breaks going its way, can win all three of these games, can go 3-0. But, and I think they can beat Iowa by two touchdowns next week if they show up. I mean, they have they blew them out the last time Iowa visited here. It's a different team, obviously, but I think that they can certainly have that feel-good win and, and kind of boost their confidence and boost fans' morale uh, going into to Michigan and Wisconsin with a big win next week. But if Penn State plays like it has... In the last nine quarters, I think there's a pretty good chance that they lose to Iowa. And then who knows what happens from there? I think this this game this weekend, I think is very important because if you go out and play poorly or blow another late lead and, and end up with a loss to Iowa, you're five and three, probably almost certainly out of the top 25. And then you go to Michigan against a team that's in the top five or six of the people that is probably going to win that game probably be favored by 10 or 14 points if that is the case and who knows what happens and this team all of a sudden is five and four against a good wisconsin team it could snowball into a a really bad stretch if this team doesn't figure a lot of things out and kind of just play together and play better uh, for 60 minutes. So I think it's all three phases of the ball, as we mentioned earlier, that have some things to figure out. Uh, and uh, But I think they, they but they do have the pieces to also 
to win two or three of these games and make this a nine and three or a ten and two season, which would feel so much better than seven and five or eight and four. Um, this team has lost a, a lot of what has made it great for the last two years, just in terms of of the feel. Uh, like the playmakers on, on offensive and defense are are gone, and it feels like. There are times where it feels like there are guys who are stepping up, and I think they have the talent to do it. It's just to, to, to have it happen in the same game and to kind of get that swagger back that Penn State lost uh, in the last couple of weeks here, but that they had for much of the 2016 and 2017 season. They have the pieces to do it. Starts with Trace McSorley. They can do it, and uh, I think a lot is on the line this week. I think, as I mentioned, the difference between 9-3 and three or 7-5 and five might really start here. So we'll learn a lot about Penn State again this week against Iowa. Let's just hope uh, we learn that this is a team that still look like it can go out and win 10 games this year. All right, so that's our Monday Rewind, and that is Monday's show. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find Locked On Nittany Lions on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you get a fresh episode each weekday here during the season you can also leave us a rating and review it would be greatly appreciated and helps other penn state fans find us you can also find locked on nittany lions on twitter we are at locked on nittany and if you'd like to get in touch with the show if you have questions comments things you want us to talk about on the show anything at all you can send us an email it's locked on at gmail.com All right, we'll have a little bit more about the Penn State-Indiana game, and we're going to turn the page and look forward to Penn State-Iowa and this tough three-game stretch uh, later in the week. So make sure uh, you're on the lookout for those new shows. I'll talk to you again Tuesday.